This is a special episode of Changes Big and Small. This is your host, Damian. I'm putting out this episode in support of justice for George Floyd, who was killed when a police officer knelt on his neck for 8 minutes, 46 seconds. I support justice for Breonna Taylor, who was killed in her own home, and for Dominic Clayton, Eric Reason, Tamir Rice, Philandro Castile, Eric Garner, Ahmed Arbery, and so many others who have been killed by the police in the United States. I'm not American, but I kneel with you and support the fight for justice. As someone who's lived in multiple countries around the world, I've found that black people everywhere, especially in places where we're of the minority, are often distrusted, ill-treated. I stand for equality, for human rights and justice all over the world. Yes, there is an organization, Black Lives Matter, but for me, Black Lives Matter is a mindset. You don't need to convince me because I'm a black woman. My mother is a black woman. My father a black man. It runs through my body, the belief that black lives matter. I was born and raised in St. Lucia in the Caribbean. That's the rhythm you hear in my voice. I moved to Canada when I was 12 and turned 13 my first semester of grade 9. I was the only black student there when I started. I'd always enjoyed reading and books became even more important in my life. My family wanted me to focus on learning and school, not on clubs or friendships. But there were some adults who saw me, who I never felt that skin barrier with when I was a student at West Carlton Secondary School. And that was so important. The vice principal, Mr. Lafleur, always called me by name since that very first day when I registered at the school. Mr. Williamson and Mr. Bender encouraged my interests. Mr. Smedley told me I had a nice smile, and not in a creepy way, but rather in a matter-of-fact way, so that I never felt unsafe. The librarian, noticing how much I loved reading, started buying books by black authors for the library. The first book she bought and delivered to my hands was Jazz by Toni Morrison. But my lifeline in that time, the adult who didn't even teach me, but whose classroom I regularly escaped to was Mistress Pompey. She's a black woman originally from the Caribbean too, and I could talk to her about life in a way that she got it. She could empathize, and she understood what I was saying, whereas many of my other friends did not. They could not put themselves in my shoes. I remain friends with Mistress Pompey to this day. I've never had to wonder how she feels about me, about my blackness. I am safe with her. The fight against racism and for justice requires dedication and persistence. When I was in high school, my fight was for curriculum changes and school policies that respected different cultures and religions. In university, I volunteered for the Janikara Dinkanesh Education Center with June Govan, a black woman who's fought for years in Ottawa for equality and for education. Since I left Canada 17 years ago, my life has had less activism. But there have definitely been times when I felt less than in multiple countries all over the world. There have been instances of subtle, suspicious experiences 
that may or may not have been racism, but there have also been clearly racist instances. We have work to do to eradicate racism all over the world. I am intentional in making sure that I read books by black authors and follow black activists on social media. My goal is to amplify their voice by sharing their work. When people display their ignorance about black people, I push against their biases. I confront racism when I encounter it. But I'm comfortable. I've approached policemen in many countries for directions. I am not afraid when I wear a hoodie. I have not feared for my life. So I listen closely when my black brothers and sisters talk. I listen when black men in Canada tell me of being stopped by the police because of racial profiling. It hurts me that so many black men and women have been killed by the police. I feel the tension in my body when I watch police in full armor face off against protesters. I try to imagine the pain that you must feel to want everything to crash and burn. To consider that the only way to have a chance for justice is to break down everything that exists. I do not know that kind of anguish. I am a black woman who believes down to my core that black lives matter. And I also believe that black pain matters. If you don't get why black lives matter, I'm not going to spend time in this episode explaining it. There are better resources than me for that. What I will say is this, every single person in society is responsible for the society that we live in. We decide by the way we vote, by the way we live, what we say and don't say, what we do and don't do. We have power in how we spend our money, who we engage with, who we donate to, what we read, what we consume. My challenge to you is educate yourself. Get outside yourself for a moment and learn about issues of justice for black people. Read some books, watch some documentaries. Talk to your friends about what you're thinking and feeling. Notice the pain, the sorrow, the rage, the despair, the range of emotions in the black people around you. Make space for people to talk with you or for them to not Give them space if they're wrestling and figuring things out for themselves. But the most important part is to do. How will you show up? What will you do to fight for justice? How will you live as an anti-racist person? My sister and I went to a Black Lives Matter protest in Prague. I asked her if she would be comfortable going in the time of coronavirus and was proud of her when she said that it was important for us to show up. We made posters and we were present in our bodies. We were also processing the event with each other. We got up close to hear what was being said. And as I listened, I could feel the frustration in my body. I was frustrated because I want justice for George Floyd. But I also want to not have to go to another protest for another black victim of police brutality in the future. I want justice for George Floyd, but I also want justice and equality for all black people everywhere. So yes, let's shine the light on what's happening in the United States. 
but let's also examine racist practices and systems in our own lives, in the countries where we live, the places where we work, inside our homes, inside our minds. So go to the protest, yes. But then when it's all done, do more. As long as there are black people carrying fear, fear for their life in their body and brain every time they leave the house, and even now when they are in their home, we have work to do. Look around you in the virtual and physical worlds and decide what you can do. And since we're social creatures, it's even better if you can take someone else on the journey with you. There is a list of resources and ideas in the show notes. It's not exhaustive because there are lots of places where you can find those. But I also find that when there are too many choices, people get into analysis paralysis trying to decide what is best. Forget about choosing what's best. Choose something and start today. Over the next few weeks, I'll share what steps people are taking in solidarity with the Black Lives Matter movement. If you'd like me to share what you're doing, please leave a comment or share your actions by contacting me by going to changesbigandsmall.com. I'll be back next week with another episode of Changes Big and Small. If you have questions or ideas about Black Lives Matter, justice, anti-racism, equality, you can leave a voice message or contact me using the form on my website. Once again, that's changesbigandsmall.com. I wish you a safe week, a healthy week. Take care of yourself and I hope to meet you here again next week.